Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello there and welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. Hope you're well. Well, why wouldn't you be after what has been one of the most hilarious weeks in football I can remember for quite some time? Football is a game, of course, which drives our passions. We all support our team. We want them to win. Some people express that in different ways from others. You have the super optimists who think everything will be great, the super pessimists who think everything's going to be terrible. But ultimately, everybody wants the same thing. And there's there's joy and anger. There's happiness, sadness. Uh, and, and from time to time, football is a game which can make us laugh. Sometimes things are so bad that all you can do is step back and laugh and go, oh, my goodness, you know, well, what can you do about this? This is just ridiculous but other times you laugh because things are just really really funny and this is one of those weeks look at what happened at old trafford for example yes we won a game that we really needed to win for very many reasons and that was great but apart from winning there were moments of genuine hilarity when you look back on it in the context of the result in the game for example fellaini elbowing Coquelin in the face in the first couple of minutes, in hindsight, that's hilarious. Because what Fellaini was trying to do was bully Coquelin. In the opening minutes of the game, here you are, little guy, I'm going to elbow you with my pointy, sharp elbows. And on that, we discussed it on the Arscast Extra on Monday about how players like Crouch and Fellaini, because they're so tall, um, tend to be a bit elbowy because other players are at elbow height. But as uh, at Nam Tsao points out on Twitter, um, they say it's because they're tall, but Mertesacker is also tall and doesn't elbow every fucker in the face. A very good point, extremely well made. The difference between Mertesacker and Fellaini and Crouch is that Mertesacker is not a dirty fucker whereas the other two most definitely are. So, look, you have this moment where Coquelin, with his broken nose, has it smashed again, there's blood pouring from it, and Fellaini is thinking, yes, I've done it, I've gone out, and I've done exactly what I should have done. I'm going to put this guy in his place. So what, what happens then that's so funny? Well, Coquelin just played him off the park. That's what was funny. Six foot four Fellaini trying to be the big hard man, and Coquelin did him in 10 out of the 12 duels that they contested on the pitch. In the air, on the ground, Coquelin did him. And I find that, in hindsight, very funny. Not quite as funny as the sending off of Angel Di Maria, of course. That was really funny because he should have got a yellow card for his dive, no question about it. But then doing what he did to the referee and giving him a little slap in the back, well, that's just ridiculous. 
what what added to the hilarity of that moment was Wayne Rooney trying to reason with the referee not to send him off. Can you imagine being a referee? Can you imagine being in any line of work and Wayne Rooney trying to convince you not to do something you know is the right thing? Now, if you're faced with somebody who is a, a skilled orator, somebody who's a dexterity with the English language, regardless of whether you know you're right or wrong, can leave you thinking. There are people like that who can use words to, to bring you round, and, and all of a sudden you're going, hang on a minute, well, maybe. Hmm. But Wayne Rooney? What was he saying to the referee? Uh, don't send him off, please. You're not convincing anybody there, so I found that amusing, the idea that Wayne Rooney was trying to talk somebody out of doing something. So that leaves them down to 10 men at home, and we allow them to have a lot of the ball, and then and then Yanazai goes storming past Monreal into the box. There was a little bit of contact between the two players outside the box, but he got into the box in full control of the ball, where I'm sure there were Manchester United players waiting for a cutback, which would have been very, very dangerous, and he decided to fall over. Now, I have to say my heart was in my mouth because normally at Old Trafford, when a referee has sent a player off, and I can't remember it happening too many times, he will try and even things up a bit because he was always afraid of the the wrath of Ferguson, the big fucking Scottish eye of Sauron that struck fear into every official to the point where they made decisions that they must have known were wrong. So you're looking at Yanazai going down and immediately the weight of all those years of seeing decisions go United's way, you're just automatically waiting for the penalty to be given. And it wasn't. It wasn't. He gave Yanazai a yellow card, which is brilliant and funny. And what was funnier is that Yanazai probably cost his team the chance to, to equalise. Um, because there must have been Manchester United players flooding the box, and he he had the chance to do something with the football. Instead, he chose to fall over rather than, you know, do the thing with the football that professional footballers are supposed to do. So we beat them, and they made complete cunts of themselves. And, you know, to me, that's, um, that's really, really, really funny. Just no other way of putting it. And for that then to be followed up by what happened at Stamford Bridge, it's like we're being spoiled. Leaving aside the individual moments of hilarity like Diego Costa's tantrum when he didn't get a penalty and he slapped the ground like an errant child who didn't get his sweeties in the supermarket or, you know, John Terry marking Gary Cahill or just the plain fact that Chelsea, playing with a man extra at home having taken the lead twice in the game, conceded from two set pieces, one to a former player, and go out on away goals, leaving aside all that, just if you can for a moment, if you can, picture Jose Mourinho's face. (laughs) Ah, it's just too funny. It really is. What an amazing week of laughing at other people. And I really have no problem with it because I know that when we don't do things right and when things don't go well for us, other teams and other fans, they they laugh at us. And they should. That's what football is all about. They should laugh at us. Why wouldn't you? We laugh at them. They should laugh at us. And no amount of, well, you know, we fucked it up in the first leg against Monaco. Yeah, we did. But why shouldn't we laugh when things like that happen to Chelsea? 
You don't always have to qualify something. You can just enjoy it on its own merits. Regardless of our failings, regardless of what we did or didn't do against Monaco, what happened to Chelsea was one of the funniest things to happen this season. I mean, it's right up there with, hmm, let me think, Chelsea being beaten at home in the FA Cup by Bradford. I mean, it's, I mean, it's right up there. In fact, you might even say it's better because it's happening on a, on a, on a wider scale. The FA Cup, I love the FA Cup, but there isn't really the worldwide audience uh, as there is for the Champions League. And let's face it, Chelsea were playing with an extra man and had taken the lead twice and were at home and all they had to do was just hold on for seven minutes and they would have been through and now they're not. And their sadness and their tears, they make me laugh. Oh, let me taste your tears. Mm, your tears are so yummy and sweet. Oh, the tears of unfathomable sadness. Mm, yummy, yummy, you guys. Cry me a river, fuckers. Right, time to move this discussion on and welcome this week's guest, a man you know well. He is not, I repeat, not on a beanbag. It is the man from East Lower. Good evening. Good evening from the sofa. The sofa. How decadent. Indeed. Um, before we start touching on things Arsenal... Uh, did you find Wednesday one of the funniest things that you've ever seen? Well, it, it, well, I, I, I did, I did enjoy it, and uh, yeah, I've, I've long since um, been slightly baffled by people that say, "Oh, you should support the English teams when when it's not your team." Uh, no, and um, now I thought it was brilliant uh, because it was a little bit unexpected as well. So um, I loved every second of it. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was fun to enjoy other people's misery. Maybe does well, that make us bad people? I, I I don't think it makes us the worst people. I mean, you know, maybe it marks us down ever so slightly. In but I think overall we're still we're still going through the gates of heaven. You know, I mean, I think we'll be all right. All right, okay. You know, I'd hate for that to rule me out and not some of the other stuff. Well, quite. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think the thing that about that game is, you know, there was a lot of sort of mischief. Let's call it mischief, just for a, and and it, and yeah, it didn't need to happen, and it kind of made you feel a bit better when they got their comeuppance really you know mm. the touch of what goes around comes around and yeah i think so and, and i think so and um i don't like to see the kind of haranguing of the ref and that kind of stuff so uh yeah well there you go mind you next tuesday or wednesday well yeah that, that's gonna be that's gonna, that's a different thing that's like in the future man we don't need to don't need to get too hung up on what's going on. That we might not even be here. The world could end before Tuesday, and we we would have missed this chance to to enjoy laughing at, at them. So, well, if if it did end, we'd be in the top four. Yeah, we'd be in the Champions League next season. Yeah, that, that, that won't be happening. But yeah, yeah. well, yeah, the uh, yeah. <laughs> so look, um, the other thing that was very funny this week um, and also great was the fact that we won at Old Trafford. Um, how, how were you feeling before the game? Were you confident that we could go there and get something? No, not massively, no. I think I was sort of edging towards a good result or a best-case result being a draw. I mean, but you got you know, completely based it on, on the last 10 trips there, so it wasn't sort of some pessimism that came from nowhere. <laughs> it was mm. uh, with, with good reason. So I kind of thought before that if we could get a draw, it would be a, a pretty good result. But in the end, in the end, maybe... Um, Maybe their luck ran out, and ours, you know, finally picked up a bit. And uh, I think we were absolutely well, well deserving winners in the end. And it was 
actually really nice to watch it from about the 75th minute because you know sometimes I think you mentioned it yourself yeah. you're kind of you're terrified that something's going to happen and actually it never quite felt it was going to so um it was lovely yeah oh, yeah I have to say I, I enjoyed it a, a great deal um it's unusual to see referees be that strong at Old Trafford um there was uh, somebody posted on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. Uh, back page from it might have been last season actually, where um, somebody's saying, "Well, you know, why why aren't United getting the decisions?" And and Arsene Wenger says, or something to do with to the effect of, "I'm getting this terribly wrong." Actually, uh, it's basically Arsene Wenger was saying that because since Ferguson has gone, United don't have the same fear factor. Um, so that was a really roundabout way of, of saying yeah. that. But do you think that's true? Yeah, I think so. Old Trafford, yeah. I, I still think they're hard, they've are hard. they been pretty hard to beat. Um, but Old Trafford, I, I, you know, they've lost something like nine games in the last two seasons since he went, and that's pretty much unprecedented. Mm. So I think it is edging away our society. It's still a hard place to go because they've got a big crowd and um, uh, you know, all the usual reasons, and the, and the, and the refs often often sort of slightly favour them. Um, but, no, I definitely think it's gone a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the old days they had the threat of Alex Ferguson. Now the only scary thing is the fact that Ryan Giggs might, might shag their wives. <laughs> well, I, I, I couldn't possibly comment, but um, it's... it's it, yeah, I, I think five... <laughs> I don't, I'm just thinking five minutes now. Five minutes. Five minutes, Fergie time. Or yeah. Giggs time. I don't know what's going on. Giggsy time is probably not as fearsome as, as Fergie time. There, there were still five Hairier, minutes. Hairier, but uh, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. That's actually talking of which. That I was thinking before the game that, that, that you know, many Man United Arsenal Cup games in the past. And that game in 99, mm. I was there. I was there at Villa Park for that replay. And, and I have to say, it's it was one of the most kind of emotionally draining games that I've ever been to. It was a like, car journey home. Nobody said a word to each other. So oh. it was nice to get that um, out of my memory again. Yeah, I mean, at halftime, I'm not usually one for a halftime analysis. Um, so I don't quite know why it was on. Maybe I was just doing something else. And then, you know, they had a little bit of chat about the game. And then they were like, and now for more memories of that 1999 semifinal. And I was like clambering over the dog to try and get to the remote control because like, fuck off. That was 1999. You know, how many billions of times have we got to put up with that goal? And that, that night. Oh, yeah, I know. And also how the, he how the hell is it 16 years ago? How's that happened? I, I don't know. Gosh, I remember I was so young and sprightly and lithe and Carefree. supple <laughs> <laughs> I know now what's happened well yeah I, th I think we know what's happened so look an FA Cup semi-final uh, at Wembley we've been here before we've spoken I think about the distaste for FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley um, simply because it takes away from from the occasion but look the, that's where it's going to be Reading or Bradford um, we've had tougher FA Cup semi-finals down the years without jumping to any conclusions or taking anything for granted we have had tougher ones mm -hmm. like um, Wigan yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that that was um, yeah good point yeah so that that was uh, <laughs> Murtasaka saving the day um, it, that's the thing about these like you would you know on paper it's a whole classic thing on paper we should beat them but we, but we play on grass and um, I think we should get through 
all things said and done, but it'd be an, such a big occasion for whoever it is, Red, Reading or Bradford, that um, and it would be classically Arsenal to kind of think oh, we, we're done, we're through, mm. wouldn't it? And well, you'd so like I to think we might have learned that lesson, though. Yeah, you reckon? I'm not so sure. We, <laughs> I, I think there was an element of that against Monaco. You know, there's a kind of oh well, we've picked, we've been finally drawn against a you know not the best team, mm. and th- this shouldn't be too hard. And of course, before you know it, we lost three one. So I think they really have to caution against that. And you'd think they'd learn their lesson, but with Arsenal, never hundred percent sure, are you? Mm. It's difficult to quantify or to know how you know whether lessons have been learned because of the arbitrary nature of sport. Yeah. It's not like your times tables where you can sit them down and make them do it until they remember it. But, you know, there's a, there's an emotion behind it and there's obviously uh, passions and things like that driving it. But you would like to think that having come within eight minutes of losing to Wigan last season in the semifinal, that we certainly wouldn't take anything for granted regardless of the quality of the opposition. Yeah, you'd think so. And, and you know, let's be honest, we really should be getting to the final now. Mm. So, um, so that's another thing. I mean, it'll be it'll be exciting, and uh, and I hope it. I hope, I hope they do give whichever side it is. I hope they do give us a good game because you know that makes it a little bit more exciting. Yeah, are you encouraged by what's happening at the moment? Certainly, over the last couple of months, do you feel like the team is in in a better place, in better shape? Because the the opening part of the season was obviously a bit uh, a bit iffy, and there have been moments where things haven't gone our way in recent weeks. Where you know we've lost to Tottenham away from home. You mentioned Monaco, Southampton, but most of what's happened around those really frustrating, disappointing results have been Arsenal wins. Yeah. So, how do you see things? Well, it's, it's one of those things that my judgment on it changes depending on <laughs> on the result. Obviously. That's just the way it works. But I, I think I, I do think the overall picture is that things are picking up. And, you know, I don't think we've been playing sort of scintillating football, although I thought we played pretty well on Monday. Um, but we've been kind of doing the job. But the thing that, that frustrates most Arsenal fans is that sort of every fourth or fifth game, and it really is that regular, we seem to kind of pull a defeat from, from nowhere. So, you know, I, I don't think we've gone more than five games this season without losing. Really? So you, you, yeah, I, I don't think so. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So I'm um, not in the league anyway. Right. And um, so, um, in fact, I think the beginning of the season when we went all the way up till we lost to Chelsea, I think was about the longest we've been uh, without being being defeated. But it's and it's, it's one of those things you kind of think it's a bit progress, 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 and then suddenly something happens, and that's what I'm slightly wary about with Arsenal because yeah. we are still we are still a bit prone to that. Now, if we can kind of in the last ten games, league games of the season, if we can. If we can somehow, you know, go on a run that doesn't include a defeat or two or three more defeats, then 
then yeah, it's progress, mm. isn't it? Definitely progress. Yeah, you're right about that. At the start of the season, we had two wins, four draws, and a loss. Yeah. Uh, at Chelsea and we had a draw and two wins and we lost two on the trot to Swansea and Manchester United we won two lost one uh, won three drew one then lost one won three then lost one and we're on a current run of winning four without That's losing amazing. one so um, watch out West Ham <laughs> if, the se- if the season is any guide, then we need to we need we need to sort of have a take take a stiff drink into the West Ham game with us or something. Yeah, um, but no, it it does feel a bit different from the start of the season that there's more balance and there's, the team is a bit more um, together um, in terms of what it can achieve rather than how it plays at times think, because still the performances. Yeah, I think I think he's found a team that that sort of that he likes as well. Uh, um, a bit more and trust a bit more and yeah I think it is coming together um, the fluency you know like I said isn't 100% there but um, then you could almost say well how many teams are playing absolutely fluent football at the moment there aren't many certainly Chelsea oh. are because they were beaten no. in, uh, in midweek I don't know if you heard this but they were beaten by Paris Saint-Germain despite Ch- the fact Paris Saint-Germain only had 10 men and Chelsea were at home did you no, I, well, I wasn't aware of that. Tell me more. Uh, yeah, they, they uh, took the lead twice in the game, Chelsea. Really? Yeah, and they were seven minutes away from qualification when John Terry, he yeah. tackled Gary Cahill, his own player, allowing Thiago Silva to loop a header into the top corner and send Chelsea out of Europe in a humiliating manner. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm surprised you, you, you didn't hear. Well, I'm, I didn't hear. I, I mean, I think it's so, it's so fanciful that, you know, you might as well tell me that he, he stood on one of his own players' heads. I mean, and I wouldn't believe it. Well, that's ridiculous, surely. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I think that people really enjoy about uh, football is an underdog story. And usually it's based around a team. But this season we've seen an underdog player come in and make a, a huge impact at Arsenal. Francis Coquelin has now become a very important part of this team. How... Uh, a, how surprised are you that it's happened for him? Um, and B, what do you make of him as a as a footballer? I'm massively surprised it happened to him, and I think everybody was. He was practically, you know, as as has been well documented, he was pretty much gone. So um, for him to come back, sort of as an emergency and grasp it, like you say, it's it's a story that that is uh, sort of boys' own stuff. It's fantastic. Do you as, mean as, boys' own or boys' own? Not not the Irish boy band. Well. I was actually referring to the boy band, but right. Boy's Own actually maybe works a bit better. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> boy's One. No, I think it's. I think as for the player, it's one of those. I keep expecting him to sort of stop being as good as, as he's been and to sort of revert back to what I expect him to be. It's, it's very harsh, I know, but I keep kind of thinking it, it can't carry on. Mm. Um, and uh, but actually, he's been. It's, it's getting to the point now, and I'm probably tempting fate by saying it, that, you know, if he carries on like this, then you, you kind of think he's he's there, really. He's kind of nailed it. He's yeah. it, it, that, That's it. We won't need to kind of go and spend 30 million there, although maybe we will for for um, for to have more than one player that can do it. But, yeah. Yeah, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And, um, yeah, and just so tenacious. And that, that sort of energy as well, I think. I think maybe we didn't have that at the beginning of the season. We, we didn't have... And with it, without Sanchez as well, so we've now got a lot of law energy, and with Welbeck, that we that we maybe had, and that, that could be having an effect. Yeah, it's um, it's a, almost a happy accident in a way as well, isn't it? Because were it not for injuries, were it not for 
circumstances, he probably wouldn't have come back. Um, but a lot of things that happen to a lot of people are um, based on the fact that they've just been kind of in the right place at the right time, that a door is open for them and provided them with a chance. Some people don't take it. I can, we've probably had plenty of players who um, w- were given opportunities in the first team because of injury and didn't do enough to convince anybody that they should stay in the first team. But Coquelin has come in and just stormed it right from almost his first game back. Yeah, he's he's, undro- he's he's one of the first guys on the team sheet now, and that's really phenomenal if you think about it. It's not even like he's a bit part player. He really is. So if he's fit, he's in. Mm. It's, it's it's that simple. And and you know he, you can tell he's he's completely thriving off it. Like that's um that sh- that Viner that was going, doing the rounds of him when Monreal scored. He was, he was absolutely fist pumping and just it was it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, he, he was just so wired that he's loving it. He's playing. Uh, yeah, he's playing fantastically well. Mm. So this weekend, then West Ham, um, and Tuesday then is Champions League in Monaco. Given the state of the Monaco game and what we need to do there, is it a case that we put that completely and utterly out of our minds? I mean, there would be a time when we might look at a game against West Ham as a way of resting a couple of players here and there for for a, a Champions League game, but the circumstances that we find ourselves in mean that we should really give everything that we can on Saturday against West Ham and then whoever's fit and available and ready for for Monaco we make our decision then well I think that's the way to approach I think we should I think that's the most sensible way to approach football full stop because it's all about momentum and and um uh, if you're on the up or if you're on you know if you're not and just you know even a draw if you if you rested a few for hypothetically for for the the Monaco game and and we got a draw or we got beaten then you kind of back to square one again aren't you mm. so i would i just don't think there's any room for for mucking about at this time of season i think we've got a pretty decent squad so we we should um, but we should still pick the team that's best best place to do it yeah. as for the as for the monaco game i mean i think we've got to be really realistic here i think it's gone you know you don't think there's you don't think there's any way no I don't because uh, it's just it's just never happened in the modern era before. I think 1969 or something. I read somewhere was the last time that a team's come back from that kind of deficit. It's just so unlikely. I mean, if it happened, it would be just the most amazing achievement. But would, would it be to... almost like a Paris Saint Germain side down to ten men away <laughs> at Stamford Bridge, having gone behind twice to a Chelsea side renowned for their defensive stability? Scoring seven minutes from time to put said Chelsea out of the championship would it be as remarkable as that? I think. <laughs> well, that's, again, it's a hypothetical scenario because that would clearly never. No, happen. no, I didn't, you know. No, I think uh, yeah, three, three, one down uh, after the home leg. It's, you, you, I, I, you know, it, let's not get too excited about it because it, it, the chances of it happening are so slim. Yeah. I mean, is there a danger that we might build ourselves up with the vain hope that, well, you know, all you need to do is win 3-0? I know Monaco haven't let in three goals at home since 2000. And, well, that's the other thing. You know, <laughs> and, and nobody's ever done it. Uh, but, you know, somebody has to do it first. The law of averages well, suggests somebody has to do it at some You know, is there a danger true. that we could make it worse by by hoping? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, but that's the way I've always approached football anyway, is if I, my glass is ever so slightly empty rather than full, then that way, if something good happens, you're absolutely ecstatic. Yeah. And if something, and something bad happens, you go, well, I told you so. I'm so pre- um, I was prepared yeah. for the worst anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so I'm all right with it, you know. But um, I, I think it would be, uh, uh, 
it would be phenomenal if it happened, but I, mm. I mean, I've, I, I don't hold any hope out. All right. Okay. Well, I, I'm sure that uh, Paris sorry Saint to dampen, sorry to dampen your cl- your clearly innate enthusiasm. No, no, no. I'm just you know. Uh, sometimes I look at it. I know it's ridiculous, and I know it's so improbable. But you know, you think well, this is only three nil. Their keeper could be sent off in the first minute, and we could get a penalty, and then we've got 89 minutes to get two goals against 10 men. But as we've seen during the week, 10 men can often be a difficult prospect. <laughs> and I won't go down that road again. And uh, we'll leave it there. The man from East Lower, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know the drill. Give him a follow on Twitter at East Lower, at East Lower, or you can read his blog at eastlower.co.uk. That's eastlower.co.uk. Go do it. Right, we'll be back with, um, I don't know what, actually. Probably not very much because it's been one of those kind of quiet weeks after we've won and not much has happened apart from all the funny stuff that's happened to other people. So we'll look ahead very briefly to the West Ham game right after this. Join us as we take another enchanting adventure into the world of the angriest man on Twitter. Oi, Wenger, what is even the point in going to Old Trafford? We haven't won there since Emmanuel Eddie Bayou scored a goal, and as we know, he's a cunt. We don't even have a cunt like that in the team. There's no way we're going to get something at the Theatre of Dreams. Oh, we won at Old Trafford. What? I feel weird and strange. I don't like it. What is this? What is this feeling inside me? It's like another emotion. I don't know the name. It's like... Not anger. And that makes me so angry. Next week, another madcap laugh-a-minute romp with the angriest man on Twitter. Everything is shit. Right then, a game against West Ham this weekend taking place at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, I know. I know. Ridiculous. Who ever heard of football being played at 3 o'clock on a Saturday? Don't they know that football is supposed to be at the most inconvenient time for everybody? TV viewers, traveling fans, home fans, people with children, people with jobs and work and stuff. This 3 o'clock on a Saturday when nobody's got to do anything, really, just never catch on. Should just need to get a grip. But we are looking for our fifth consecutive Premier League win. We've beaten Leicester, we've beaten Crystal Palace, we've beaten Everton, and we've beaten Queen's Park Rangers. West Ham, of course, always a tricky thing when you're playing a a Sam Allardici side because he could out-tactic you at any moment. That's the big danger. Whatever you think you know about tactics, he knows more, and he can out-tactic you. He can tactify in a tactilicious manner, just when you you think you're on top. His new style of tiki-taki has uh, brought West Ham some dividends this season, but over the past few weeks, their form hasn't necessarily been as good as it was. Um, They're sitting in 10th, and I don't know, they lost their last two, and they've drawn the previous three, and then they lost the last one, and their last win was on the 18th of January against Hull. So they're not necessarily in the best form. Not that that means much to us. 
to be fair. We can make it difficult against anybody. We know that. But, you know, um, we want to keep that bit of momentum going, going into the game on Tuesday. <laughs> I know. It's, it is ridiculous. It is ludicrous to even think that we might go out there and do what's necessary. I realize that. I've been watching Arsenal and football for a long time, and I realize this. Like, you know, every rational part of me knows that there's just no point in even beginning to hope. But then there's just that little bit. As I said to the man from East Lord, what happens if they get a red card in the opening few minutes or in the first half? Or what if they play like absolute cunts like we did? I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It's extremely, extremely unlikely, but it's not impossible. 3-0. It's not an unusual scoreline. Maybe it's an unusual scoreline in the Champions League away from home, but I don't know. What if we hypnotize the guys and tell them that they're playing... Who's the last team we beat 3-0? That's a good question. Stoke. Just tell them they're playing Stoke. Although, yeah, that could backfire. But look, we've got to concentrate on what happens against West Ham first. Win the game against West Ham and then just sure, give it a fucking lash and see, just see. You never know. Just go out there and have a crack at them and and who knows? We all know. But yet, but who knows? The end of the day. We all we all know. I mean, really. We we all know. But you know. Nah. No, nah, never gonna happen. No, no, no. We should concentrate on Premier League action because we'll have the Arsecast Extra on Monday with James and we can we can toss this one back and forward, the Monaco game. We can discuss that in the wake of what's happened against West Ham tomorrow because who knows, that might have a bearing on, on our mood, on our hopes, our dreams as we go to the south of France and, you know, yeah. So, look, let's just... Let's just beat West Ham first, and then we can worry about whatever else comes after us. One game at a time, sweet Jesus, as the song went. Wasn't that, that was the song? It was a different song. I see. I don't really have much more to say this week. I feel like I'm on the verge of saying things that I shouldn't say about stuff that none of you are interested in. So, for everybody concerned... I'm going to leave it right here. I'll talk to you on the Arsecast Extra on Monday. Uh, We'll be back with another Arsecast next Friday. So until then, remember, on this very Friday, or whenever you might be listening to this Arsecast, it could be sometime years in the future. Why anybody would be doing that, I don't know. But remember that Chelsea got beaten at home by PSG, who were down to 10 men. And Chelsea took the lead twice and were seven minutes away from qualifying before... Tiago Silva's goal knocked them out of Europe and John Terry probably cried. Take that thought with you wherever you go because it will make your heart feel better. Talk to you on the next Arscast. Until then, have a great weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Later, via a statement released through his agent, Balotelli said that putting the Scorpions in Henderson's locker was a prank. However, the England midfielder remains in critical condition in hospital this evening. Now, the classified football results with Trevor Armflange. Champions League. Real Madrid 3. Schalke 4. FC Porto 4. FC Basel 0. Bayern Munich 7. Shakhtar Donetsk 0. Chelsea 2. Paris Saint Germain 2. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.